Welcome everyone to episode 57 of High Tech on the Low. Renana, how are you this morning? I'm perfect. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's really exciting to have you here. Renana Ashkenazi, general partner at Grow Ventures. And we're really excited to have you here. And as always, we are sponsored by Front Team Communities with 12 communities, six verticals, and 3,000 people looking to connect with you. And, you know, the really exciting thing about having you here in the, in the studio with us today is to kind of hear the other side of what I'm normally uh, interviewing, which are who's giving these startups money, right? <laughs> you know, let's talk about it. Let's make it very clear what we're talking about in a sense. Um, and that's going to be really exciting. I think we can get a lot of value today. But I'd love for you first to give a brief introduction of yourself, uh, you know, kind of what you're up to um, at Grove, how you are, how you got there, because um, you have a very interesting story about that as well. Um, and, and let's get started. Yeah, I don't know how brief that's going to be. <laughs> well, let's make it at least somewhat brief. We only have, you know, 30 minutes here, so okay. let's make it somewhat brief. I know we could probably talk about it for at least 30 minutes. Sure. Uh, so I actually started my career at uh, Applied Materials. I spent uh, most of my career there. Okay. Uh, I started in development. I moved to product. Um, at some point, I moved to Chicago. I did my uh, master's there. And so that's the English. That's the English. Well, okay. no, the, the English text with Long Island as a child. Oh, but, yeah. okay. Well, we won't. We won't. You know, judge. I'm yeah. not going to judge Colorado, so I'm not okay. going to judge East Coast, West Coast. But it's okay. okay. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Um, so Chicago. I did my master's there in okay. electrical engineering. It was uh, Northwestern. Um, and then I spent a few years working for uh, uh, the Center for Innovation and Global Health Technologies. So cool. basically, we were developing diagnostic devices for poor resource countries for Africa. Cool. And so you were so, putting basically your master's or your sorry your your degree to 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 work. You know, you were kind of putting it right directly into it. You could definitely say that. Yeah. I'm uh, working on several different devices. Yeah. Like basically, everything that had to do with babies, AIDS, Africa. That's wow. what I was doing for. Very cool. Uh, very cool for a few years. Very different from you know anything else I was doing before that. Sure. Um, after a few years, I uh, came back to Israel. There okay. weren't a lot of African babies to save. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, I had a short and extremely unsuccessful startup episode. A hardware education, you know, um, a non-trivial, non-successful mix. But you went for it. You had like the entrepreneurial experience. Well, I joined a couple of, I mean, I joined two founders and, and yeah, you, you know, you learn a lot from failure and, and I think it, sure. it, it makes me much more humble <laughs> these days, you know, talking to entrepreneurs. Definitely can and empathize with the side normally when you're there in the room with them, they're presenting to you, you can empathize at least definitely. a little bit too. Sure. Okay. Definitely. Very cool. Um, so that was a relatively short experience and, and, and after that, I actually went back to applied materials. Mm -hmm. I, uh. Uh, to a new technology division. Okay. Uh, I managed that for a few years. It was another crazy adventure. I spent most of my time, you know, between Korean, Japanese, Chinese, wow. Singapore uh, clients yelling wow. at a variety of Asian languages. Um, <laughs> Do you speak all them? <laughs> well, I was just wondering. You know. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, okay. thank you and sorry in all of those go. languages. <laughs> and my shoe size. Okay, so the important uh, things, I see. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um... So, and then about four years ago, I okay. kind of stopped to think, what am I going to do when, when I'm grown up? And I was already pretty grown up by okay. the time. Um, and I started talking to a lot of people. Uh, I served in 8200 for a few, well, for many years. And so all my friends were basically either entrepreneurs or VCs. Right. Or and, in the tech world in some capacity. Yeah. And, okay. and so I just had a lot of conversations. And one of them was with Lutan, one of my uh, partners today. Sure. Uh, he actually started Grove with Dov Moan. Okay. Uh, our, uh, uh, another partner. Sure. Um, and he told me at Grove it sounded very interesting, very not you know, related to me. And we parted as friends. But then 
uh, at some point he asked if I wanted to meet Dov and we met we had this you know so wait, you met you talked to Lotan he, you were talking about Grove he was like eh, not for you no I was it, or, or he, you were like not for me no one said not for me it was like a very friendly conversation we both enjoyed it I think very much okay. uh, I don't think neither of us thought at the time that it's going to end up in you know the long lasting partnership sure. that it has where we but, are today yeah okay yeah. Um, but the, the, the managing partner of the fund is Dov Moran. He's mm-hmm. the uh, inventor of the USB flash drive. Right. So, you know, in my world. Right. A legend of Israeli tech, in a <laughs> yeah. sense. Probably a legend of the tech world in general, it's, I would especially say. Especially for, you know, for a, a, a semiconductor nerd such as myself. <laughs> Engineer, and so, yes, exactly. And so we met and we just had this, like, huge professional crush. Um, and Who had more of the crush? Dov on you or you on him? Well, let's give him a call. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> let's get him on the line. Exactly. <laughs> um, and... I ended up at Grove. I started as a principal. Mind you, I didn't know what a principal was. And but you just went for it. You were just like, okay, he, he liked you. You liked the vibe. And you were like, let's let's kind of see what yeah, happens. Yeah, it sounds very easy. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it was you, a little bit more intense it than was, that. But. You know, I was on a very, I, I knew what I was doing. It applied. I was, yeah. And then making a shift wasn't that trivial. But I figured if not now, then when? Sure. And, and it seemed like a super interesting opportunity and 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 so i went for it uh, that was about four years ago nice uh, i became partner last year cool um and today we're uh investing out of our third fund so i basically joined grove wow. Congrats. At the, and thank you at the end of grove one and in okay. a minute we'll talk a little bit about what we do at grove but i joined grove at the end of grove one the first fund that uh, dove lutan and a couple other partners established sure um went through uh, the whole cycle of the fundraising for for uh, Grove Two and and now the fundraising for Grove Three that ended in January. Okay. Uh, so we started investing in January. Nice. Uh, from the third fund, which is 185 million dollars. So all in all, we're managing close to a quarter, uh, half a billion dollars. Wow. Um. Yeah. And you just uh, say that so nonchalantly. You know. know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so nice. Such a refreshing little uh, look there. I mean, I'll just jump right into it. You kind of preempted me there, right? About. What do you guys actually do there? Like, what are you guys investing in? What's your what's your ideas there? I'd love to kind of get into the mind of one of the partners. So, you know, it sounds like a cliche, but it's not. We first and foremost invest in exceptional founders. Okay. That's the first thing that we're looking for. Is the team, in a sense. 100%. You know, okay. you would invest in an exceptional team and a mediocre idea any day over a mediocre team and wow. an exceptional idea. Really? Any day, yeah. Um. And so, but we do have uh, uh, somewhat of a tech focus, which is relatively wide. If you look at the portfolio today, uh-huh. then about third is the crazy stuff, right? Okay. What do you uh, consider crazy? Okay. Right. So silicon photonics, supercomputing for space, wow. quantum computing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the really hardcore, hard tech, deep tech. Kind of like uh, the frontier stuff. stuff, the front of the line. We're really pushing the envelope of innovation, of tech. Exactly. The okay. science fiction, but the science fiction that we believe is is what we call venturable, you know, that could yeah. could create a commercial a commercial success within a reasonable time frame. Interesting, right? Because uh, you can't forget that, right? That right. in the end, even though as you you know, miss a semiconductor nerd, everything, right? That at the end of the day, even if it interests you, you have to make a business out exactly. of it. Exactly. Okay. So, so about a third of the portfolio is that, and then two third of the portfolio is across general technologies, DevOps, Dev sure. tools. Okay cloud, cloud uh-huh. infrastructure, mm-hmm. a lot of digital health, which we've started focusing more and more in the last uh, couple of years. So kind of telehealth stuff? Telehealth, yeah. Te- telehealth became very big uh, during COVID because a lot of regulation barriers have been lifted. Okay. Because 
telemedicine in general is something that you know has been has been around for a while, but there was a lot of regulation that was still not in place. But then right. COVID, because you didn't you have a choice, necessity, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Then a lot of things just happened very very fast. Cool. And, and so you guys wanted to jump on that bandwagon, or were you guys already in it? We were already in it, okay. but but COVID definitely accelerated a lot of innovation trends in digital health. Okay. Uh, both in terms of uh, the amount of startup and innovation, but also in terms of the acceptance of of people to what do you mean to 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 get their medical treatment in a way that's different than the way they they were used to getting it. Gotcha. Kind of COVID. breaking the traditional element of me showing up to the office, making the appointment, whatever. It's just hey, you know, use your smartphone, put it to your chest, whatever it is, right? Make the device. Here you go. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I, I mean, I don't. Let's not talk about COVID, but yeah. <laughs> but in a way. The way of the way to deal with COVID was by digitizing our entire day to day, right? The right. way we do our shopping, the way we uh, uh, are educated, mm-hmm. or our kids are educated, mm-hmm. the way we acquire our medical uh, services, and right. so on. And so that was uh, a lot of technologies and innovations have flourished during that time. Sure, definitely, definitely. And now, so you mentioned so that that was one other area. Of your, what's the other area that you guys are focused in? Or is that the you have the so, general? So I'm saying the the one third would be the the hardcore hard stuff. Okay. The two third would be um, everything more else. General technology. Um, uh, we primarily focus on seed uh, okay. stage companies. Uh, we start very early with the with the companies. Work very very closely with our founders. Sure. Um, and you know, accompany them throughout the the life of the company. Sure. So, like, what are you guys when you're looking at, let's say, a seed company? Because obviously, that's very different, you know, than uh, than you know, a later stage company. It's also, you know, different than someone who's pre-seed, right? And someone who has just kind of an idea. What are you guys looking at when you're, uh, you know, evaluating, evaluating these companies? Company. Yeah, right. So, so you know, there are a lot of things, right? And right. and and the Maybe bottom top, line, top three, if you yeah, want, no. Right. So, so the bottom line is always those three components. But, but let's double click on one of them in a second. But <laughs> it's always the team, okay. right? Because, like I said, I mean, exceptional team, mediocre idea, any day over a mediocre team and, and exceptional idea. Okay. So the team is, and, and I could bet you whatever you want that any investor you'll talk to will say those exact three things, maybe okay. in a different order, maybe sure. in some different wording, but we're all looking at the, at the same things. Okay. So, so it's the team, and okay. team is, you know, the dynamics within the team, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the expertise, the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at the market, right? How big is it? Because at the end of the day, VC economics is right. VC economics, right? Yeah. We need to return three. You have X, a bottom line at the end for, of the day. Four X, yeah, exactly. to our investors. We, you know, we just raised 185 for the third fund. That's a lot of money to return because right. multiply that by three to mm-hmm. to make it a successful fund to be right. able to continue in fundraising. Right, right. Um, and so the size of the market is, is you know, always uh, something that's top in mind. And, and then the product and technology, right? Now, those are, it sounds like only three things, but there are a ton of subcategories, right? Because, oh, I imagine, right. Because market is right. also competition and sure. how crowded is it and willingness to pay. And product and technology is also how differentiated and how defendable sure. is the product. Sure, and, sure. And, and what's the business model even necessarily in other, other aspects, right? Right. But, but. So those are the the main three things, but uh, when you look at seed companies, then a lot of the questions that you want answers for, you, you simply don't have. It's, simply because they're too early. It's too early, uh-huh. right? And okay. so many things are going to change. So do you give them lens, a little leeway then in that sense? So 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 it's not it's not a matter of leeway. It's a matter of where do you put the focus because 
because the only thing that I really, I mean, I'll ask all those questions sure. and I'm looking for answers, but I also know in the back of my mind that many of those answers should be taken with a grain of salt, right? Because okay. everything is going to change. The competitive landscape is going to change. Everything, the market is going to change. Pandemic is going to come. Uh, geopolitical tension right. and, and Putin is going to decide to invade to <laughs> Ukraine course. and there'll be a crisis in, in supply chains. Okay. So many things are going to change that we, we simply can't predict. But the one thing that will never give leeway regarding to his validation. Like okay. the one thing that I can't argue about, I could argue about everything. I sure. could argue that you can't do what you're intending to do. I could argue that the, um, that the pricing is not going to be as you said, but I can't argue with the, the market validation slide. Right. You, can't, you can't argue with the market. If the market says yes, the exactly. market says yes. And, says and no, says no. Exactly. Uh-huh. And the market validation slide is that slide of a lot of lines with either names or profiles or the type of companies you've spoken with. Right. And what did they say? What did they say about what you want to do? Right. What did they say about what they're using today? About what they're missing in what they're using today? Sure. About how much are they paying and how much will they be willing to pay? And again, a lot of those questions are questions that you might necessarily not get answers from sure. for from everyone. Right. But if you ask the right questions in the right way, then you'd be amazed at how much information you can extract from the market. I mean, just as an example, wow. if I'll ask you how much are you paying, if, if you're, I don't know, VPRND of whatever, sure. and I'll ask you how much are you paying for a specific service, sure. you probably won't tell me. I, I don't know if I want to, right? Exactly. Yeah. But if I'll tell you, listen, I've spoken to 15 other VPRNDs in similar sizes of companies, right. and they said that they're spending somewhere between 20k to 35k does, does that make sense uh-huh. then you'll answer right, right, right. you're, either then you're kind of giving them the ability to be within a certain yeah okay i see what you're saying they're not giving anything away right right they're just agreeing or disagreeing or disagreeing with you, with you. Yeah. now what's you know you make, make this really good point about you might get answers you might not what is better though for you when you're on the opposite side of evaluating a company is it the i know or i don't know right because i think that's always something that's very hard for especially anyone who's giving a presentation ever you always want to be right and show that you know stuff but at the same time sometimes there's that element you just don't know or you have a great question because you're a super expert in whatever field and you ask them something very specific and maybe they just don't know because they haven't done the research early stage they haven't gotten there yet i think there's a difference between i don't know because i didn't check okay i don't know because i didn't think that i need to know okay and i don't know because it's too early Uh uh-huh okay and that's the difference okay because because which do you prefer well, I don't, I don't know because there's still because it's still too early. Okay. But I don't know because I didn't know that I need to to know this, or I don't know because I didn't check. Those are bad answers. Right. It's okay to not know. You know, we're looking for founders that are, you know, coachable, quote unquote, in a way because right. because no one knows everything. And sure. you know, one of my partners says, Leol says that no one has a monopoly over you know the brain. Okay. No one I does. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> not yet, right? <laughs> well, not yet. So so it's okay to not know. Okay. But. But I want you to know what you don't know. Okay. That's a, that's really important, I think, actually, in a sense, because even if you can come back to you in the end and say, listen, I don't know, but let me check, right? Or, or let me go into that further because you're right. You bring something up that maybe we, we're too early on right now, then it's, it's good in that sense. Now, I kind of want to change a little directions with you. And, and you know, you have this really in, interesting background yourself, kind of in a sense like Dove, who kind of founded it and that you were uh, also an entrepreneur. 
you know, and in a sense, you had your own startup and then you went into the field of, of uh, investments and stuff like that. How does that inform your process? Does it inform your process? Well, well, to be, I mean, it, it should be said that it wasn't mine. It was, I joined two uh, founders. Okay, They founded enough. the startup. It was very early days. And mind you, our third partner, uh, Leo Hendersman, uh, founded, uh, he's one of the five founders of Solar Edge. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, so things worked out for people in your so in, the, in the startup. In, in general, things okay. worked out for. But but I think I think that that's one of one of the things that we bring to the table, right? That we've been we've been on the other side, and mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't necessarily matter if it was the corporate world, the startup world. Uh, we've been on the other side, and and like I said in the beginning, it makes us very humble. Okay. Uh, talking to, to entrepreneurs, I think. I think, in a sense, a we we understand the journey, okay, uh, and we can sympathize, sure, and we have our own experiences, right? Uh, yeah, no, it's like it gives you that ability to kind of like understand the other person. Now, at the same time, do you find it kind of like uh, that people approach you in this way? That's like, oh, the big bad VC, and they are not coming <laughs> in in a sense, you know, to you as a as a as a person at the end of the day, because you know you are Renata, you have. A, a history you know you are a person with interests and likes you know yeah you know that's a good question i think first of all i think we're very approachable okay maybe i'm wrong and, and, <laughs> yeah. and i don't but i we hear think, from all your portfolio companies later, yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> but i think we come off as very approachable and we try to be mm-hmm. and i think that notion of the big bad vc there probably are some yeah. of those out there but right. in israel where everything is so small the ecosystem is so tight sure i think that people feel or at least should feel very comfortable approaching okay. uh, investors because everyone has a friend that works at a VC that knows someone that knows right. someone that works at a VC uh, I think it's much it's much easier in in the Israeli uh, ecosystem not not many cold emails are required in in Israel right the the degrees of separation are exactly. a little less right you know, it might be even three or something here instead of six so you know <laughs> that's how I always like to think about it yeah. now the other thing you know that I kind of want to understand is when you're getting these entrepreneurs they come to your door you're looking at their their companies you in, you decide to invest in them great what's the next step because you know it's very interesting what you guys are saying that you guys are very much close with them some some VCs you know, are a little bit more hands-off, some are a little bit more hands-on, but you guys said that you give a very close escort. What does that mean from your perspective? Yeah, I just had a very interesting conversation this morning with one of my founders exactly about that because I always thought that the right approach is to do no harm, right? What be do you mean there. when you say that? So be there for whatever they need. And, okay. you know, some of the founders that I work with, I could talk to them eight times a day, literally eight okay. times a day. But I always thought that the right approach would be kind of like a, a pull rather than a push. If they need me, I'm always there. Uh-huh. Oh, I but like he was that. saying this morning, he said, you know, I think you might be getting it wrong because he said founders in their first year, uh-huh. they don't know what they don't know. Mm. They don't, sometimes there are some things where they don't know that they could use. So Grove, for example, right, right. has HR support, marketing support, legal support, wow. finance support to help the portfolio companies. Okay. So you guys give really a, a holistic kind of solution here. Yes. Okay. And he said, I don't even, and, and I was talking to him this morning and I asked him if he if he had spoken to our VPHR okay. so she could help him with some hiring and stuff. And he said, you know, that's exactly the thing. I don't, I don't know where I could use help. I need you to sometimes uh, be in a push mode. 
And that's wow. interesting okay. because there's always a balance. You don't want to be that imposing board member right. that's nagging and right. wants updates. And right. is, it pisses you know, off the CEO and the whole team. Exactly. And, yeah. So, uh, so, so we do our best to balance between being there for whatever because right. seed stage companies don't have, especially in the early days, they don't have a VP product, VP HR, VP right. strategy, VP marketing, VP finance. They don't have that. They have and all so that in one they know, have, or two. Right? <laughs> exactly. You know? They have you. And right. and we try to to support all of those aspects. And of course, as the company grows, um, they they need you less in some aspects, sure. but they need you more in in growth hacking. Right. And right. And how to build the this you know this small four man show into into a company. something yeah. exactly. and get into, the strategic partnerships <laughs> and grow it out right no I, I totally see it. and it's interesting too what you bring up because I think that's also something that you know even in my industry working in marketing and branding with startups that is very important too I find that as well that sometimes they even come to you they know they need help but they don't know what they need exactly. so you have to kind of guide them in the whole process and say okay well you need to work on this you need to work on that a little bit because it can be better nicer look better work on this i think that's very yeah very interesting yeah and of course there's the entire network because i think that another thing that's very very um meaningful at grove is that sure. our network is extremely powerful mm. between okay the four of us general partners and the rest of the team because we we, we pride ourselves in having Relative to, to our assets under management, we have the largest team probably in, in Israel. We have a lot of people in the fund. Wow. That wake How up every morning. We're about 19. Well, less today, but we're, we're a lot of people. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, so, and so we use that. All our or our companies use that all the time. Sure, sure, that's awesome. Now, and I, I think that's also kind of you know in a sense a strength probably for you guys even beyond that, right? Because some VCs, sure, they have their network to a degree, but you guys have this you know global network or at least a network that's strong enough to help people in their development. Now, kind of in a bigger sense for from the VC world, what are you guys noticing as kind of trends in the market right now in terms of? Uh, you know, both from tech, you know, what's kind of the hot stuff, if you will. And then also from your side in terms of how VCs are kind of interacting with the world right now, you know? Yeah. So so it's two different questions because, and, and by the way, the answer to the first question would also be different, I think, if we would have spoken, I don't know, six months ago. Sure. Um, Let's talk about it right now, right? Okay. You know, <laughs> June 2022. So, yeah, June 2022. The general answer, and that's a general thesis that we've you know, that we've been closely uh, uh, advocating for is everything around data. Data. Right. Okay. I mean, everyone knows that data is a new oil and data yeah. and data and data. Right. But if you if you look at innovations when it comes to data, then we separate the world into three pillars. So okay. one would be mining the data. Okay. How do you get all that data? Right. So sensors, we have a couple of companies uh, around those uh, around those areas. All the way you acquire the inform all the the different technologies, a lot of times it's uh, it's heavily based on hardware. Okay. Of acquiring data and a lot of interesting, it. very cool. The second pillar would be around how do you process those massive amounts of data? Because all of a sudden we're not talking about you know gigabytes, terabytes. It's massive amounts of data that you need to process and you need to store. Right. So a lot of technologies, hardware and software, mm-hmm. around data centers and, and data processing right, and so on. Right, right, right. And the third, which is probably the most versatile, is how do you extract meaningful information out of that data, right? You have all that wealth so of data. So it's mining, storage and processes, and then actually getting something out of it. Exactly. Wow, okay. Um, and so th- those are like 
three technology trends that we're very closely monitoring. Very cool. And you know, there there are the standard answers, right? Cyber, fintech. If you look at the like sheer numbers, right. Uh, then you'll see that last year and also the first quarter of uh, 2022, right. cyber and fintech deals have still been the... The leading uh, kind of deals. The leading uh, deals, both in, tom- in terms of numbers and sure. in terms of dollar amount. Right, but you're saying but, kind of like on a separate side, if you look beyond the industry, yes. you're saying this is really like the, the core of it. Those are the underlying technologies Very that, we're, uh, that we're looking at. Digital health has become huge in the last few right. years. Right, right. Uh, still... I mean, yet to be proven how big this can be, uh, because digital monetizing, or? yes, monetizing, okay. not not how big the trend could be. Right? Okay, how much money can you make out of it? Because okay. monetizing uh, digital health services is still a big challenge. Okay, uh, we have a couple of very Makes very sense, actually when yeah, you think about it. Yeah, so we have a couple of very successful uh, companies in the domain like Navina, like uh, Protea, like Nuclei. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, we even just had one on the show not too long ago, Montfort, dealing with yeah. like uh, neuroscience and right, stuff like that. Right. Very, very interesting. Huge promise. It's going to be super interesting. Um, but those are mainly the areas that we're... Uh, ESG is going to be uh, is something that we're looking at. That's right 100% now. in my opinion. That, is, that, is, that I was going to get to regardless, right? But uh, now in your sense, in the VC world, mm-hmm. you know, what's the trends there for you guys? Not just in terms of investments, but maybe in terms of how you guys are also interacting to this whole thing of the tech bubble the you know the falling markets everything that everyone's talking about right now obviously again right, there's a know, bubble there was uh, a right. bubble <laughs> did it pop already um, so yeah. you know uh, and, yeah so um i think you know you need to remember that vcs in 2021 raised a lot of money okay and so we need to spend that money okay so no one is really stopping i know there are a lot of like rumors and sentiments uh, but no one is really stopping. I think maybe the bar is slightly higher because okay. people are more cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is money and it's going to be invested. And mm-hmm. I think for us, we haven't really changed our strategy. The, the only thing that we did do was when all of this started was look at the portfolio and see that everyone is okay, mm-hmm. right? right? That okay. that all the companies are financially healthy, Sure. that they have a long enough runway and mm-hmm. if not let's see what we can do mm-hmm. uh, but in terms of our external investment activities nothing really changed on the opposite i think you know it's a lot of super interesting opportunities are going to rise now oh okay uh, okay i don't know my, my 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 father taught me to buy low and sell high right so, and that's what i learned you know yeah. so i I'm, I'm the same i'm the same you know perspective but you know you always like to hear from the guys who are actually in it because <laughs> i think you know when you hear the world the news always talking about you know, everything is going wrong. It can make, I think, a lot of entrepreneurs out there and yeah. people in general just more hesitant. The guy who's sitting in his basement saying, hmm, should I start that idea? Should I push it forward? Definitely. You know, is it worth it? Is it really worth my time right now? Definitely. I do think that there was somewhat of a valuation issue last year, especially at the later stages. And it's OK that it's now being corrected. Right. Um, and it's to be expected to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's not to be scared of. Exactly. Now, we're coming to the end of the podcast. And I always like to ask kind of, you know, uh, basically everyone who comes here, I like to ask their advice for people who are in their position, entrepreneurs, whatever. What I think would be really cool from you, though, is that obviously you had your entrepreneur, your entrepreneurial early employee stage, whatever you want to kind of label that as. But you've had that. You've also had being in the corporate side, but you also have this, you know, VC side of you. I think the greatest thing could be what is the number one mistake that you think founders should be avoiding when they're coming to uh, a VC or when it comes to just even presenting to a VC, kind of level the playing field a little bit. Spell check? 
<laughs> there no. we go. Can I tell you? I love that you just said that because it drives me nuts. I'm a grammar nerd and it drives me absolutely bonkers. <laughs> so spell check, but I think, again, do your homework. Do your homework because not all VCs were created equal. And I think the most important thing that an entrepreneur has is, is his time. And you want to make sure that you're approaching the right VC, not in terms of, you know, the chemistry that you'll have with a partner, although that's very important as right. well. But the stage the the fund invests in, mm-hmm. the type of companies the VC invests in, mm-hmm. the portfolio. I mean, is there anything conflicting in the portfolio? But but really, I think that what if, if entrepreneurs would remember only one thing mm-hmm. and it's around validation, then I'm good. Because nice. that's the only answer that I'm really looking for. Other than market size team and, and spell check. <laughs> amazing. Well, Renana, listen, it's been really amazing having you here. I think it's Same here. really refreshing to always hear from the other side of the startup pool and, and, and also just to hear your, you know, your own interesting experience of how you kind of moved through the world to get here. It's not that everyone just is born into VC world and is a consultant and everything. It's, it's very interesting. So I thank you so much for your time, so, so much for your wisdom. And, thank you uh, thank for you. having me. Awesome. <laughs>